What is up out there, WJR Land? AM7 Sisters, four-time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty, about to, within an hour, thank you, uh, be inducted along with my grind line teammates, Chris Draper, Joey Kosher, Kirk Malpe, into the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame as a Michigan treasure. I couldn't be more honored, but you know what? We're flying without Shawnee B. Uh, he's traveling with the... The Wayne football team on a bus ride up to Marquette. So you know what? I couldn't think of a better way to start off this show than to have the Little League World Series oh, yeah. champion. You know him. You love him. Taylor North. Give it up for Taylor North. That's All right. Who do I have here starting on my right? Number three? Gavin Ewan. Gavin, what position? Second base and pitcher. Yeah, second base and pitcher. Now, and, and you're... you're you're my go-to guy, right? You're sort of the spokesperson. You're sort of the D-Mac of the squad. Oh, yeah. I like it. And who else we got? Number 18? Jacob Furkus. Jacob Furkus. Now, we know that name. Why, buddy? What position do you play? Center field and pitcher. Center field and pitcher. Now, did you not catch the last fly ball? Yeah, I did catch the last fly How ball. How cool. So, I'm going to get back to you. So, we got to ask Jacob about catching that fly ball because, you know what? I got a Stanley Cup clinching goal that, you know, they stick around and whoever catches that ball. I'm gonna go right to the middle here, man. What's number twenty? What number twenty-four, bro? What's your name, sir? What is it? Kylie Harris. Kylie Harris. What position do you play, sir? I play left field. Out of boy. Out of boy. All right. Moving to my left. What number are you? Uh, seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Your sign language was good. I got that the first time. Your name? Uh, Maxwell Forrest. And you played? First base of pitcher. Okay. First base of pitcher. And you are, sir? Justin Serma. Justin Serma. And. Position? Uh, third base and pitcher. Awesome. Now, uh, J- uh, oh, yeah, right here. What do we got? Number uh, my name is Jackson Shufelt, and I play right field. What number? Six. What don't, like, that's important, bro. <laughs> important, man. Two, look it. Got a two-five represent. What's your name, sir? Chauncey Atkins. Chauncey Atkins, number eight. What, do you, what position do you play? Right field and center field. Okay, now. I'm going to start with uh, Jacob, who caught the last out. Can you, do you remember? Because you guys, you know, I don't know if you know this or not. For us fans that were watching, it wasn't really stress-free. It sort of reminded me, and if you ask your parents probably who are Red Wings fans, when we used to win hockey games a lot of times, it used to be a little bit of a fire drill, so to speak, at the end. Uh, You guys, you know, to do it, but you got it done. Do you remember Jacob, what it was like before that ball was hit? Uh, yeah, so it was, I forgot what count it was, but I know Gavin, Gavin had. It was all. It was all, okay. So I know it was their best hitter. I think it was their third hitter that was up. And uh, I think he threw a slurve, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And uh, he got he got under it a little bit, and it was just fly ball right to me, and I just camped under it, and I got the ball. So, Gavin, what is your mindset, bro? Because it, that that's the moment, right? Like, we're talking, I'm looking at all you guys, too, because this is the, for your age group, you've accomplished something that you only get to do going through once, once or if you're lucky, twice. But to win this, it stays with you throughout your lives. What would you remember what you were thinking going in to face that? Because I think no matter what pitch it was, the importance is, is that you – you threw it where you wanted. Did you get it where you wanted, or did it hung a little bit? But I was super nervous. I had my dad on the sidelines. He was, he was about to pass out because he was so nervous. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, I will attest as a parent and as an athlete that as a parent, you will never be more nervous in your life than when your kids are doing something. 
right? It's because you can't control it. So, so, you know what? But you came through, bro. Oh, right? Yeah. You know, did, and so let me ask uh, um, over here, Mr. Sturma, what um, third base pitcher, right? Yeah. I got that right. What's, uh, what was the biggest thing that you took from it? Obviously, it's okay to be nervous, but you guys went out there and you executed. What, what do you remember the most about that game? Um, probably <clears throat> just, uh, just us battling through it, kind of just, um, just keeping going and uh, just executing what we had to. What, what, what was the strength? What was the strength to your perseverance, right? Because the one thing, I don't know if you know this or not, gentlemen, but in life, sometimes bad things happen to good people. And it's uh, from everybody that I talk to anyways, it's what have you put in to get out, right? Everybody doesn't know how hard you guys worked to get to the point. But what made you, was there a moment in your training? Was there a moment uh, maybe in the tournament early where you guys bound together? You know, we had, a, I had, you know, the Red Wings, way before you guys were born, there was this March 26, 97 event that happened, right? And it's sort of, I call it Red Wing D-Day, but we go back there and you say right is wrong. But was there a moment for you guys that you all came together? I, yeah. th I think it was like after the state tournament, after we won that, I thought, I think we realized what we could accomplish. Yeah. In our training, we always work on the little things that helps out a ah. ton. Now, you know what? I'm not with my regular um, cohort, Mr. Sean Belegian. We call him Shawnee B because he's up north. But I do have Eric Dortch. That's the Dortch beside me. He's usually running the board. But we got Big Ray in the house because we're on remote. Yeah, a lot of these things. A lot of it's, it's almost like the Nick conversation about the Instagram. You asked me to follow the gram, and I said... I, I will, but I got to tell a guy to follow the gram because I don't control the gram. We had that conversation. Yeah. So, Mr. Dort. I've known the guy for a couple of years. I'm still waiting for the follow. So I, don't, I, don't, right. don't worry about it. Now, what, what was the one thing that we always say about, right, Scotty Bowman, right? We, you know Scotty Bowman, the greatest coach in history. It's always about the little things. Take care of the little things. The big things will take care of itself. Um, your name again, sir? Max LaForest. Max, what about you? Was there a moment and confidence because – you guys got different characters on your team, but there's a way that you guys have to figure out, you know what, we got to work together as a team. How about for you? Was there a moment? Uh, always in the dorms. We were always messing around and stuff. And yeah, we always got along in there. That's No, but that's important that you can joke joke around with each other and, and everything like that. Um, any, any, good, any good stories or any things you remember? Because, you, like you said, you made... You like your parents, you made them cry, you made them have more emotions than anything else. But, uh, you know, the one thing is, uh, how about the, when you did catch the ball or the celebration and stuff like that? Can you, can you all go around the table? Uh, can you explain that feeling? I mean, at, after I threw the pitch, I'm going to be honest, I thought he just took me deep. So I was super nervous, and I saw him moving his feet, and once he caught it, I just pretty much spiked my glove, and I was just running around the whole field. So it was very happy moment. Quick, quick answer. I'm, uh, get, I'm getting the, I'm getting the yank. This is what happens. What? This is the thing that happens when you're important. So, hurry up as you're walking out. Tell me what we, what, what you remember the most about celebrating. Uh, I just remember uh, everybody jumping around, yeah. uh, throwing my glove around, and uh, besides that, nothing. I can't really. All right, remember. you two better go before I get in trouble, and then I have to fight somebody before I get in the ring later on. That's another story. You and I should hook up, bro. You should. 
understand. But um, probably I was just threw my hat up, threw my glove down, and just uh, ran and celebrated with the boys. I love Absolutely. it. I yeah. love it. I threw my hat up and I threw my glove all the way up in there, and uh, yeah, we did the same. The last one, Max. I did last to finish it off. Was it more of yes, we did it, or I can't believe we did it? Yes, we did it. Ah, boy, there it is. Give it up for Taylor North as they go. Get recognized as they should, gentlemen. Thank you. We will look forward to talking to them. What an exciting way to kick off this show. And I think it's because Dorch didn't get to say anything. But when we come back, we're going to talk to him. Anyways, we are here live at Motor City Casino for the 64th Annual Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. Honored to be here. We'll be right back. AM 760 WJR. Next generation of kids from our own home uh, backyard, but do you guys remember watching Taylor North and how exciting that was for this area? And you guys are a bunch of fans too, and that. So to see the personalities on the kids, always pretty cool. I, I do remember watching uh, the one that gave me a giggle was your just realizing you and being in love. You could talk to your parents. There was this date back in before you were born. Just very self-aware, Darren McCarty. Uh, you like that, don't <laughs> you? But uh, you know, we're sitting here downstairs in the Motor City. Uh, casino in the ballroom. Um, yes, we are broadcasting, and I, that's the first time I've seen Mitch live in in a long time. So uh, it, it's pretty cool to to be here. But uh, one of the people, you know, Calvin Johnson was on. Chris Weber's getting inducted. But one of the people I wanted, you know, do you remember? And and I was going to say I don't know if people remember, but yeah, we're at AM seven sixty. People remember, and a guy who's getting inducted named Tom Killer Kowalski. Now. Dave Rieger, all the man of many talents, not only on the links, uh, not only the better-looking Rieger brother, but the fact is you do, you work with Tom uh, Kowalski. He was a beat writer for the Lions. In fact, the Lions named the press uh, room in Allen Park after him because of how he was well-respected. Can you, some of the listeners that uh, don't remember Killer or whatever, uh, talk about how, what a great honor this is for him and, and, you know, I want you guys to sort of say, how is it like when a broadcaster goes in or gets acknowledged, whether it's in a Hall of Fame or even in the backyard? Because this that's sort of something that I look at my brethren in the media stuff that, that you know what, one day, see, Riggs, one day, you, you, Dave Rieger, not your, not the other half, Rieger, right? <laughs> not, not and Dorch, because I said Dorch, just keep watching Riggs. But, you know, what was it about <laughs> Killer Kowalski? You, because you work with them. You know, I did. You know, I, I worked at DFN for a while and, um, you know, covering the Lions uh, with DFN and got to know uh, Tom. And uh, just a great guy. And, um, you know, he was like the uh, the heart and soul, you know, of the, of the beat writers who covered the Detroit Lions. I mean, just, you know, always there, always, you know, dealing with uh, the ups, the downs. And just just a great guy, very personable, um, always there to, uh, you know, answer a question in Allen Park. Uh, just a just a great, genuine guy uh, to work with. Really good at his craft. That's a great, great segue. Great, great segue. And you know what? I, I don't know. I'm going to start, right, and give you kudos because, as everybody knows, whenever we talk football in this program, I was explaining it to the Taylor North kids. That, Could that. you believe that the, 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 the your your friend comes up to me? Just I was straight. like, congratulations. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's up with the Denver Broncos the, gear? The, yeah, the kids dude, throwing did. smoke. Yeah, even off listen, that and that was uh, uh, or that was Gavin who threw the slurve 
at the right. end, the last yeah. bit, that right. he said, hey, I hung it a little bit. Like, he knew. I was nervous. I love the pure honesty of that. But the fact that your Broncos are 3-0. and How about it? You First thing you said, we haven't played anybody, but you can't control who you play. You've taken care of business. That's correct. Is your co- where is Dave Rieger's confidence level in his Denver Broncos before I turn it, the tie going to Chicago? With our lines. You know, I, I will say that uh, I'm very confident that they can win against Baltimore this weekend at home. I'm very confident that with Lamar just practicing for the first time in two days today with the back issues he's having and and the fact that the Lions played him very tough and it took a NFL record field goal to beat him. So I'm very confident at the Denver Broncos. I, I'm very happy. Like I like to say to people, We've got our own TB in Denver right now. Oh, and it's not Tom Brady. It's not Tom Brady. Bridgewater. All right. So, hey, you got to be excited, right? Well, you, you have to, and you yeah. have to ride it just like anything sure. else. I mean, yeah. three and zero and stuff. So, and the Chiefs are one and two. The life is good right now. Life is good right now. Enjoy it while it lasts. Because exactly. I don't think I think the water's going to even out a little bit quicker. Obviously, Chiefs just signed Josh Gordon. Yeah. Good luck with another opportunity, and yeah. I hope that yeah. works out for him. But, you know, we got the Lions, and you mentioned, oh, I guess, yeah, we haven't been on the air since last week. No, right? we yeah. Ouch. But there was two ways I saw reactions, and I saw two people react at the same time, both, di- uh, both lifelong Lions fans. One reacted outraged, and the other just laughed. I was a laugher. What were you, Dorch? I was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, for, first thing was a little bit of rage that it never should have happened. But, you know, at the same time, I realized that this is going to happen. Getting our hopes up for wins left and right is just not the right thing this year. It it was tough, especially tough when you hear it was a record-breaking field goal. Like, I, I, if he beats us on a 40-yard field goal, I can live with it. It's, it is what it is. The fact that he barely got it through on a 66-yard boot just absolutely killed me. By the way, the fact that you just compared Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater really hurts my insides a lot. <laughs> Wait a sec. I know. You're, oh, no, no, listen, no, no. there's something. That, listen, I learned this thing during the week. Attaboy. I learned this thing during the week. Okay? Right? There's things that we think, mm-hmm. and there's things that we know. Right? I think what I know Dave, that no, was the wrong What movie. Dave said is they have their own TB in Denver. And that's true. Yes, that's very true. That is truth. Yeah. The fact that, Dorch, you don't like Teddy Bridgewater being brought out when you say Tom Brady. Well, that's your issue, bro. But right now, who is undefeated of the TBs? (gasps) Teddy Bridgewater. So right now, all I want to say is let him, right? How many times? It's sort of like on the golf course, right? I'm undefeated on the golf course. But let, what? and how does that happen? Have you always been ahead? No. Right. Right? So you let the water come to a level. Now, what about the Lions? I have, one, I have one question for you in the Lions going back to the Baltimore game. Yes. Everybody's talking about the play clock expired. They should have moved him back five yards. Well, I want to go back to the fourth and 19. Nobody's talking about this. Why are you rushing three and playing zone and allowing them to complete that pass on 4th and 19, which got them into field goal range. The only reason I, and I, you know, I, the only reason I say you rush three in that situation is because 
this is a guy who more than likely is going to be able to beat you with your legs more than he's going to be able to beat you with your arms. So you want to have as much speed out there as possible to try to get to him. Now, look, it was the, the, they beat him. They beat him in the air because they gave him too much time. I, you rush. You can rush one more, but I, I would much rather have fast Here's guys the out beauty. there than big guys out Here's there. Here's the beauty. I look at it as 34 game reevaluation two seasons right we're three games in we're a lot further we have a lot more we have a team that competes they're putting themselves in situations that they haven't been in before and they have to learn how to act as a coaching staff as players as everything else i look at that on early in the game and it gone back to the green bay game going back to San Fran, they go for it on fourth and one. Mm-hmm. But when they want to go for it, they go, it's like, yeah, we're convicted to go for it, but then they they not like other teams like a Baltimore that when their conviction to go for it, it's Lamar knowing what he's going to do. They don't have that conviction. They have to learn that stuff. There's a lot of things that you can say that went wrong or you can second guess, and that's sort of like the football and stuff, but the brilliance is, and trust me, I'm going to go by the history that I know that I experienced, right? You have to learn, right? And if you learn together how to do these things, right, and it's the same sort of thing as asking the Taylor North kids about coming together and because they joked around with each other and, you know, after the state championship they thought they had a chance and, they no, they didn't think they knew and they went out and did it, Right. So it's just like baby steps. They're going to continue to make mistakes, but but it's something that I think three games in, going into Chicago, where what do we hear this week? Yeah, could do this different. This but by us, this that this. But now we've moved on to Chicago. All I hear out of Chicago is everybody's worried about how they couldn't get over seventy six yards or who's yeah. going to start a quarterback stuff. So I think if any time is the time, and I looked at the line, it was like plus two yeah. or, or plus three. Um, for the Lions, that this might be their first victory out of out of anything else, and then I look back to my preseason predictions. This was the first victory I had. Do you before. really think this is a game time decision for them at quarterback, or do you think they already know it's just let's not give the Lions any chance to scout anybody? You got to scout all of them. But wouldn't that wouldn't that be the trick that you do to a you know top ten team, a top place team? Don't you think the Lions have enough? to worry about than other dis- you know what i'm saying like well, you're, coming think, off, you're coming off 76 yards i don't think you can really bolster like that's a, on off but, on, but you, when you need more practice or when you need want to know who you're going to go with i don't know i just think i just think that what i see and what i like is that the lions are playing 60 minutes and they have to play smarter they have to do some things make better decisions mm-hmm. all around the one the hardest thing the hardest thing in the nfl and this is across the board, is clock management, especially late in the end of a game. That's a learned thing, and the better you get at it, the better you are. My one question is, is how does Matt Nagy still have a job? <laughs> That's my question. That's a great question. I mean, are you kidding I, me I, with I, this? Well, well you got to agree that if the Lions win this weekend, he shouldn't have a job. But, again, <laughs> but my question is, is it him or is it the GM? No, it is him. him. Okay. I, I, can, I can concur with that because I believe it, I, too. And maybe that's just one of these things. But the Cleo Mac, anybody giving John Gruden props on that trade? 
with the Raiders back in the looking good trade now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, see, for me, except that he wanted him back yeah. at the beginning of the year. For the reason, for the my reason, yeah, for but that that's okay. Man. But you still had the, you can, yeah, because you've given him. What what's wrong with saying, hey, here's four years, pay the guy whatever, take the assets and the trade value, and then want him back? That's good. You want business. to talk about a team to smoke and mirrors? The Oakland oh, Raiders. God. I'm sorry, the it's Vegas look, Raiders. Look. Coming to you live from the Motor City <laughs> Casino. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Ray. Uh, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Brandon Blake, back in the studio. Eric Dorch making this all happen and stuff like this. I, you know oh, what? God. I do, Mr. Positive, and I do apologize. Uh, Dorch's communication skills are a little bit off, but we'll get it back in there. Uh, good, good to hear from you uh, in the soundbite. Anyways, uh, one of the things, uh, Dorchy, is that uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but since Sean's not here, I'm going to take the third segment of the show. And talk some golf. Talk a little golf. Ryder Cup dismantling USA dismantles. Do you like what they're calling it? The slaughter by the water? <laughs> the slaughter by the water. But you know what? My favorite part, and you got to give my boy Bryce some props. He okay. came out there. He played good. They all played well. Um, the Brooks and Bryson hug at the end, which sure was, you know, which was cute. But, you know, who was there? Somebody you were most impressed with or disappointed or that stood out or what was the thing? But it was different. There was a dominance, and it looked like, because it looked like a U.S. team that looked like the European team as far as the camaraderie. Yep. And I think that what we're seeing right now, and I wanted to ask you, came to my mind, is this the product of Tiger and of these kids growing up together, playing together, knowing each other together like playing with our buddies like you and like you and i if we golfed you know for 20 years or whatever playing some in in the largest stage in the biggest form is that what we're seeing here sort of like this Ryder cup team that this is the beginning of the structure of probably eight of the guys well i think yeah that's what it is you you have at this point now you have a team an entire team that every guy on that team has been playing golf with all these guys for two-thirds of their life whether it's tournaments as kids that they traveled around to college you know q school all that now up into the pga tour they see these guys every week they're very very close-knit with them a lot of them are friends you see when they go on vacations they go they you know they go together they go to each other's weddings so it is it's that thing of it almost is like taking a team that you've known forever putting them together and then just saying we're all going to have each other's back Every, like, like Stricker said, even Bryson and Brooks, who allegedly do not like each other, wanted to play together in this thing. So I think it was a lot of camaraderie. camaraderie excuse me. Uh, the guy for me, and it was more impressed, even though you know he's capable of it, was uh, Dustin Johnson. He was Captain America for this team. He did no wrong. And then, by the way, he looked like he had a great time in the uh, press conference, too. So, yeah, for me, it was, it was Dustin Johnson. He... I don't want to, he didn't carry the team, but he did his job and then some to keep this, you know, to get this Ryder Cup back on U.S. Well, that was my, you know, the the one that really stepped up and out and who's going to benefit the most moving from this. And I was going to say this DJ, because if you look at the world rankings and I know, but he slipped down to, boy, I think I'm going to just guess off the top of my head, but ninth or 10th, I believe to see how good I am, Dorchy. Um, but the fact that you can't, because that mentality, and that's the Dustin Johnson we saw when he when he won his majors, when he went on his run, when he had that dominant year. What was it three years ago? Um, a guy on top of his game hitting that cut, but just him, and it didn't matter who he played against. Uh, I loved it. That he was very impressive. 
uh, obviously like that. But but all these young kids now. How about um, on the other side? Was there was there anybody that you know? Because to me. To me, it just seemed like the swan song for the European. They know where they're at, but you got the Westwoods. And, he's number oh, two right now. Number two right now. But, he slid a little bit a while ago, but I think over the last year, he's kind of climbed his way back up into it. But he's playing well. But it's it's sort of the Europeans. They got to regroup just like the Americans did. But the, the you know well, that was that was actually the question I wanted to ask you. Is you said yeah. they kind of looked like the Europeans. The Europeans was a team of not not of all older guys, but you have Sergio, you have Westwood, even Rory's been doing this for over a decade. It's almost getting to that point now where Europe needs to maybe find that next tier of talent and start getting them involved so is this the thing where because u.s seems to be right in that perfect age gap that we could maybe see the u.s do what europe did and be a little more dominant for a while while the europe side recollects finds the new guys i think the caveat for everything is is that the bonus that the americans have is they play every year together president's cup or Ryder Cup, and i know that there's a eurasian cup and stuff like this so if you see the Europeans taking control and saying, "Hey, this is going to be our sort of our setup as the as Americans. We we don't take as much stock in the Presidents Cup as we do the Ryder Cup, right? For whatever reason, um, the, the, you know, competition wise. So, if in my opinion, if Europe starts realizes this, and I think they do, and I think you know, it's a lot of things back with Phil." Yeah. Playing, it's a lot of things back with with Kucher. It's a lot of things back with Bubba, some of the older guys. That I think it's just cyclical. It'll be it'll be interesting when the Europeans and the Americans match up with their sort of guns and their talents and their younger guys and stuff like this. But you gotta you gotta agree. It was some entertaining stuff. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I oh, I mean, I was pained because I I don't like the wind. But to play out there, I mean, how those guys where they were hitting shots and taking drops and stuff like that, Riggs, your brother would have shot 190. <laughs> it would have been a tough one uh, out there. You know, I was shocked that America won like they did because it is my opinion that the Europeans care more about the Ryder Cup than the Americans do. And I think it's been like that for years. And I don't know if it has anything to do with the fountain of youth that America's found, like you're saying. It's just that I just think that Europe cares more, and so I was very surprised. Well, I think it's also the fact that these young guys that now are on this team have spent the last 20 years watching the U.S. get kind of beat up in the Ryder Cup, and they want to know what it's like to win a Ryder Cup. But you got to also so understand, extra. so we're talking about, as I'm going to relay it back to the grind line and being inducted as a Michigan treasure, right? So, so I remember, you know, Coming in in '93, and and the fact is, winning the President's Trophy, losing the first round, and then going to the finals and standing in the net is. I said to Drapes this morning, I said, "Ah, we come a long way since standing in the net watching Jersey celebrate the cup when in '95, and you looking at me going, we could never let this happen again.' And me saying, "I know, mm-hmm. right?" And it's come a long way to them, but it's. I think they've seen this coming, right? Because now it's it's as some of the older guys have relinquished because I think that in years past that it's been more of a power struggle between old and new on the American team. But these kids are like, we're going to take this back. And I think it's the core collective because it really does seem when you, you hear them talk and the Colin Morikawa's and Cantley and they're, you know, they went on a trip to here and it's, that's what it means. It sounds to me more, their mentalities of the country club guys at the highest level competing against each other. 
right? But pulling the best out of each other. I think, and and I and how much, Mike? Here's a question: How much do you think the credit should go to Steve Stricker? One hundred percent to Steve Stricker. He got completely involved with this team, made sure all of them realized what they were in for, what they had to buy into, uh, kept them, you know, and came up with perfect pairings. I mean, you look at those pairings. None of these guys seemed to struggle when they were paired with someone across the board. I mean, Dustin and uh, Morikawa seemed like a great one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what Steve Stricker did is phenomenal. And then to do it on your home soil, like on your in your hometown. He's from Wisconsin. You know, you saw how much it meant to him. And like, that was a little thing that I think kind of showed me how much of a team this is, is after that first day, uh, the second pairings went out. The first thing you saw on the tee box was Justin Thomas and Daniel Berger, who aren't playing, standing on the tee, cheering everybody on as they tee off because they could have gone and sat down and relaxed and not had to do anything, but they wanted to be there. They wanted to cheer the team on. They wanted to make sure everybody knew that everyone's behind everybody. doesn't matter who's on the tee box, who's sitting, who's not. Whoever's going to give us the best chance to win, we're going to you know, be behind them 110%. Anybody who follows me on Darren McCarty for Twitter uh, knows that uh, tonight after I'm done getting inducted here, I'm heading to uh, Fenton to the F5 compound for the ICW No Holds Barred um, pit four matches, right? And it's the, it's one of the things people say, well, wait, what? Um, and it's it's part of the wrestling, but it's part of like to be to be a part of it, to step in. So it's more like my thing is it's not about anything but that world that I respect and appreciate. It's sort of like standing on the first tee. You know what I mean? Being a part of it. Because when you're a part of an experience and the human connection, the compassion, that's the whole thing about why we're here tonight. This Michigan treasure, this is for everybody that's ever cheered for me, the grind line, life, anything like that, to know that we, you know, the Detroit versus everybody mentality. And that's the, you know that's the, the the beauty of how I could tie it all into the Ryder Cup to the guys that really like because I was Dave I was like you I I told Dorch I thought this could be a tie or whatever like this because until you prove it to me right and I haven't seen it you have to do it I mean at least isn't that's the way everybody treated us back in the day till we won oh yeah absolutely and that's the way that it should be so it's the same thing with Michigan Michigan State whoever else everything but uh all right we're going to take our last break here uh but when we come back i guess that uh, dorch and uh brandon blake are going to do some producing they got their goofy game friday yeah here on the darren mccarty show am 760 wdr like i said always Ray, i appreciate uh everything you do i think when you dave and brandon dorch behind the scenes a lot of the people don't see all the stuff that goes on uh to make this work whether it's on remote or whether it's not so thank you for i guess uh breaking my cherry bro there we go <laughs> i appreciate it Beep. <laughs> anyways dorch so uh i heard all you right. and uh brandon blake have been uh, scheming up or doing some production we're just deciding to be nice today so oh. here's what we're going to do. Uh, Blake, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. There he is. Yeah, what we is. wanted to do, uh, I was going to do this already, but Blake texted me and wanted to do it as well. So I I'm going to be quick about it, and then I will let Blake do what he wants to do. What I wanted to say was we've worked together for a little over a year and a half now. It's been a great time. I want to say congratulations to a guy that I can remember watching score a goal in 1997 to win a Stanley Cup. A grind line that I loved is now in the Hall of Fame, and it means absolutely the world was so my thank or my congratulations to my friend darren mccarty well i appreciate that dorchy and uh 
Um, yeah, a long way. How old were you back then? I would have been about nine years old. Uh, I remember well, what neighbor, sitting in the neighbor's house, watching it in the basement. All the Everybody got together and watched it. Well, here's a good thing. You haven't matured at all. So no, not even all. a little bit. That's why, that's, why, that's why we're going to let Blake but, talk, because Blake's got, way more mature than I am. got the driver's license Absolutely. stuff like this. Anyways, all right, Double B, what do you got, One bud? One shining moment, buddy. Hey, I just wanted to say congratulations <laughs> to you, the whole grind line, obviously. It's crazy. Like Eric said, watching you as I grew up, and now I get to work with you every Friday night, and it's it's an incredible moment, man. Hall of Famer, nobody can take that away from you. So I uh, I appreciate everything you do for us, and uh, congratulations. Well, I'm just watching. Well, you know what? Here, I'm gonna, I'm going to make everything apropos and say, and and I'm going to say you guys be the big boys right here, and I'm going to say thank you to everybody in Michigan and Detroit. They're ahead of schedule. Uh, I'm going to save the fight for later on in the death match. I'll keep you updated next week. Take the Lions on the money line if you want and look for Matt Nagy to be fired on Monday. I'm going to leave it to you, boys. Think you can handle it? I think we can get through it. All right. Thank you, Detroit, and have a good night. I'm going to get inducted, and thank you. Congrats, Darren. Thank you for everything, boys. Oh, yep. All right, well, that was Darren McCarty. He's, yeah, like we said, he's going to uh, get into the Hall of Fame. They're moving a little quicker tonight, and they needed the full grind line. So uh, you're stuck with me and Dave Rieger for uh, the remainder of the show. Dave, we've got about another six minutes. I think we can get there together. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, – he said take uh, – take, did, did he say take Chicago? Uh, I think he word. did. I think right. he did. But, but, he also, but he also said Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy could be without a Matt job. Nagy so without, I think if Matt Nagy doesn't uh, win this one handedly, he could definitely be without a job. But uh, I want to go over to the other side. We are the home of the Spartans and home of uh, – not home of the Lions, but some of us at WJR actually enjoy watching uh, the Lions and U of M. Uh, for you, when you look back at that Spartan game this past week, uh, not a great showing overtime against no. Rutgers. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Nebraska. Uh, your, your thoughts looking back at this, this was a team that was running the ball so well, and Walker just couldn't couldn't get anything going on the ground. They had a little hard time on defense, squeaked it out. Uh, Mel Tucker uh, tried to be as optimistic as he could in his press conference, but when you look back at this Michigan State team, they, they had a little bit of a struggle. Uh, down the road. You know, uh, big-time uh, return. Special teams helped out a lot with that game. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, you know, they got tested, and they won. So, hey, props to Michigan State. You know, Coach Tucker has them playing. He has them playing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have another uh, game at, at night this weekend. And so, sure. yeah, and I expect them to, uh, you know, keep on winning. Uh, I really would like to see an undefeated Michigan team and an undefeated Michigan State team meet, and uh, we'll see who comes out. I hate to break it to you. If you want that to happen, uh, Cade Cunningham, or Cade, Cade McNamara has to throw the ball more than uh, 15 times in a game uh, because this Wisconsin team has always been capable of stopping the run. We struggled running the ball this past week. They have a two-headed monster in Corum and Haskins. Both are uh, playing very well. They, not a great, and I see Ray over there. Ray, you're, you're a football player. You, you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, that offensive line for Michigan has actually done a pretty good job of opening up the holes for these guys over the last couple weeks. Yeah, they're a lot better run blocking than they are a, a pass blocking, but you have to have the quarterback to release the ball a little earlier. That's what I was seeing. Yeah. You know, well, like, but when you have a quarterback that's not throwing the ball more than 15 times a game, I feel like it's really hard to make anybody believe in play action because it's nine times out of ten going to be a run because we're never throwing the ball. Yeah. Well, they they were running they were running right over on the right side, strong. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know the kid's name, but I mean, there was a, a picture of him as a kid. You know how you see those uh, posters on the fence uh-huh. at a high school game? Yeah. His was pouring syrup on pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at that, and I'm like, Okay. Uh, this is a, this is going to be this is going to be one of those games where the past couple of years, unfortunately, Harbaugh and Michigan have tripped up. So you know, I don't think they've played against uh, in Wisconsin. Did I hear since like two thousand and one or something like that? It's been a while since they played, or two thousand ten. Oh, in Wisconsin, yeah, in Wisconsin, it's, it's something been a while. like that. It's been so, a while. Uh, and we all know that Wisconsin's a tough place to play. And we also Neil, we also know that Michigan is going to need to maybe switch it up a little and throw the ball a little more and kind of get out of this, you know, three yards and a cloud of dust uh, and and you know just uh, heading down the field, you know, matriculating whatever they call it, we we'll call that, you know, the old uh, Kansas City Chiefs coach from back in the day. So I think that Stram, yeah, Hank Stram, exactly. Hank Stram. Thank you. So they just, I think that they're going to need to, uh, you know. Maybe pull out. Maybe pull out some. Uh, try to get it down the field a little bit. You know, in the air. We'll see what happens. I don't know. The, the, I think that uh, they they ran over their first three games. They just ran over everybody. Then they had a little bit of difficulty last week uh, running the ball. Oh, I so. think I think they ran into a team that was ready to was literally ready to die facing the run. They, they, if they if they got beat four hundred yards in the air, that was going to happen. But they were not going to let Michigan run the ball, and that's what happened. The problem was. When we were showing a hard time of running the ball, Harbaugh didn't seem to want to adjust. So I brought that question up to Sean and uh, to Darren last week, and that is that I'm starting to wonder now if it's that Cade just can't throw the ball or that Harbaugh just doesn't want to throw the ball. This seems to be the offense that he wants to run, and he's going to live or die by it. So give McCarthy a chance then. I, I, it, Bring him in. That's the thing. It was the same though last last couple of years. With why isn't McCaffrey playing? Why right. is Milton playing? Like right. Maybe maybe this guy just isn't as good as we thought he was supposed to be. Well, they were be. saying it's like don't you know, like don't hold your breath on him right now. They're not going to g- g- get that kid on the field just yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been in a little bit. They've they've put him in for some of the games already. So we've seen a we've seen a little bit of it. So uh, he's going to need to switch it up. I also thought that Michigan's defense got tired too. Oh, yeah, uh, they, in the second half. I thought they got they, tired. They were getting run all over the place. I think the third quarter, they just got totally dominated I, I statistically. Think, so. I, think we, uh, I think we as Michigan and Michigan State fans got, I don't want to say spoiled. We got off to better starts by both teams than I think we expected. Sean mentioned that a couple weeks to me before the show. That like, They both started off a little better, so expectations got a little higher than we wanted. But uh, I think over the next couple weeks, you're going to see these teams be tested. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, they uh, Michigan State plays Western Kentucky. And Michigan's what game is Sean uh, at right now? I don't actually know. I know he's in Marquette right now. I'm confident I, in Michigan State winning fairly. Yeah, well, I, I, this, but but this Michigan, game Michigan, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Will they cover? Will they? Will Michigan State cover the spread though? Ten and a half. Yes. Okay. I see it happen. All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us here on the Darren McCarty, the Darren McCarty Show.